Thank you, Brother Jackson. The book of Proverbs tonight, Proverbs chapter number 26, Proverbs chapter number 26. Uh, this chapter, well, I'll read a verse in verse 26 for our text, and uh, then we'll be looking at several other places uh, this evening. And I'm wondering how many of you have been thinking about uh, what I said we'd be speaking on, if we're all guilty of it. And we all have this problem, and uh, some of you have already forgot it. We know one ear and out the other, like everything else I say. But uh, uh, we'll uh, see how we can be helped tonight. I believe this is going to be very, very helpful uh, because it because it is so broad. It does apply to all of us, and from time to time, just as we have looked at these things, and the Bible calls uh, says if you do certain things, you're a fool, uh, and so uh, we have to stay away from those things. Uh, we have done foolish things, uh, and the Bible points those out. Uh, if you're considered a wise man, we always want, and I know I remind you this of every week, but we always want to, to focus on God's perspective. This world wants you to live and act a certain way because it's the world's expectation. And the Bible tells us that the, there, there is going to be a day, and we're in it, uh, where that which is, and I'm paraphrasing, that which is actually evil will be looked at as good, and that which is good looked at as evil. And so uh, if, if we get used to what the world says is what we ought to do, it's going to be wrong. Uh, and so we always want to look from God's perspective and God's definition. One thing I know about God's definition, and when God puts a label on something, if I can say it like that, is um, he's right, obviously, but it's, it's pretty pointed. Uh, it, it hits us. It identifies. And so tonight, let's look at Proverbs 26. We'll begin with verse number 21. As coals are to burning coals and wood to fire, so is a contentious man to kindle strife. Tonight, we're going to look at the contentious man. And we're going to be dealing with the contentious. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Father, I pray that you would uh, use the Bible study tonight, use your word to speak to our hearts. May we be convicted in areas we need to be convicted. May uh, we be uh, aware of some actions perhaps that uh, lead to contention. Uh, Father, may we be warned uh, of being contentious. And Father, may uh, we just be uh, more agreeable and be able to reach more people because of it. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. The Bible is very specific here and some things about a contentious man, and we'll look more uh, uh, specifically in just a moment. Uh, as coal are, coals are to burning coals and wood to fire, so is a contentious man to kindle strife. We see that word contentious, and tonight we're dealing with the contentious. Contentious, a definition of contentious is apt to contend, given to angry debate, quarrelsome, perverse. A practical way of defining contentious is somebody that can turn anything into an argument. Somebody can turn anything into a conflict. Uh, it's adapted to provoke contention or disputes. That one individual that no matter what's going on, as soon as they're interjected, there's an argument. Uh, something is going to, there's contention there, disputes. A contentious man... If we're, so we're going to use the word, the definition contentious. A contentious man is one that causes and creates contention. That's pretty, pretty basic there. So what is contention? It's strife in words or debate, quarrel, an angry contest, controversy. So a contentious individual is one who is given to angry debate. It doesn't mean that they just had an angry debate one time. They're given to that. That's what they do. That's their nature. That's their 
I use this often, we all have defaults. When we're in a situation, we'll default to our character. We'll default to our personality. We'll default to uh, what we're comfortable with. We'll default to those self-preservation mechanisms. And so the default of a contentious person is to contend, is to have conflict, is to create that drama. It's that contention. So a contentious man causes and creates contention. Now, contention is, is everywhere, and I'm going I'm to point this out in a moment. But this is someone who creates the contention for the sake of having contention. Now, some things about contention, and, and this is where it's gonna, we'll see how it applies to all of us, and all of us have dealt with this. All of us have, have, have had contention. Uh, all of us at some point in time, I'm certainly certain, has been contentious because contention is a byproduct of imperfect people in relationships. There's some thinking that it applies here, but more broader, some thinking that we need to correct. A lot of times, we, 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 are, we, are, we, we see a fault, we want to deny it, we want to stay away from it, we don't want to, because it's like, well, I, sh- I should be perfect. Nobody's perfect. You know why there's contention? Because it's a byproduct of imperfect people in relationships. Now, I'm not saying we should be satisfied with that, but I'm just saying that's where contention comes from. It's a byproduct of imperfect people in relationships. If everybody was perfect like you were, there'd be no contention. It, it, but we are imperfect. So in our relationships, there's going to be, and when I say relationship, it could be husband and wife, it could be parent and child, it could be friend to friend, it could be coworker to coworker, it could be, it could be church member, church member, it, it, whatever relationship that is. There, there's contention sometimes because it's a byproduct of imperfect people. And so uh, when there is contention, it's like, what's their problem? Well, they're imperfect just like you are. That's why sometimes they cause contention. Sometimes you cause contention. Sometimes you both cause contention because it's a byproduct of people who are not perfect. Contention happens many times unexpectedly because one party or parties in a relationship does not properly respond to difficulty, disappointment, and challenges. Okay, so where does contention come from? It happens sometimes unexpectedly. I'm not talking right now about the contentious person who's walking around with it looking for it. I'm talking about contention in general because it's important for us to understand contention and so we can see the difference of contention and being contentious. We can see that difference. It happens because one party in a relationship, does not properly respond to difficulty. When difficulty comes, how do we respond? Sometimes there's contention because we don't handle difficulty right. Sometimes there's contention because we don't handle disappointment right. Everybody in here has faced disappointment. And sometimes there's friction. We would use the word friction in a relationship. Sometimes that's there because one individual or multiple individuals, when a disappointment came, we weren't in complete control of our emotions. So therefore, there's contention. Contention comes when we don't properly handle a challenge. You ever just get up to here with life and there's all the, I mean, I'm just, it's just such a, I'm, I'm, I'm in the middle of all of this. And what happens because we are imperfect and many times we don't take the time to on purpose say to the Spirit of God, I need your help. 
You know, the world would say, and psychologists say, you need to, take, you need to breathe. <sighs> Count to three. Take a time out. Well, that's not necessarily a bad thing, but what we need to do is we need to stop. And we need to allow the Spirit of God to help us navigate this. But what do we all have a tendency to do from time to time? As soon as that difficulty comes, we don't, sometimes we don't handle it right. Now there's contention. And sometimes you walk away from a relationship, you're like, what did I do? I didn't do that to, to them. I didn't cause that disappointment. And then we have to be honest. There's times people walk away from us and like, what did I do? I'm not the one who caused that problem. I just happened to walk into the room. And what has happened, what happened is, because we're imperfect, we're not always in control of our, our emotions and our passions, we can have that friction or contention in a relationship. That's where it comes from, because we don't. There's not contention just floating around in the air. You know, like COVID. I mean, it's not just floating around in the air. And so it's like, you know, there's contention, you better run from it. It's not like that. Contention comes from you and I. Where does it come from? Well, you know, baby comes home from the hospital. Pray for us. Our baby was born with contention. It's going to be a contentious child. Didn't have, every baby's born with that. Because they get it from their mom and their daddy. That's why they have it. it it's not like that. It is a byproduct of our sin nature. It's a by, and we all have a sin nature. It, that, that's why the Bible talks so much about one accord and so much about forgiveness and so much about being on the same page is because if not, we all, every one of us have the potential to be the contention in a church. From the pulpit to the, to the very back, we all have that capability. Well, I can't say if, if your emotions or some, dis, you haven't faced that disappointment that's going to challenge your Christianity yet. You haven't faced that challenge you're not expecting it. You, you, haven't, you haven't faced that, that difficulty that you're going to face. That's why you and I must live and walk in the Spirit of God because we don't, it doesn't, difficulty doesn't announce itself. Tragedy doesn't announce itself. And so sometimes there's contention. It comes because we don't handle those things right. Competing ideas bring contention, it's their nature. In many ways, contention is a way of life because no one handles life exactly right 100% of the time. That's why God teaches about forgiveness. When they ask for forgiveness, that's not what the Bible teaches. Why? Because there's there's contention among imperfect people. That's why uh, the, the main thing has to stay the main thing. Why? Because there's a potential to be contention all the time. Why? Because... It's a way of life because we don't handle life exactly right 100% of the time. This is important for us to get established because as we get into these principles and see what God says about contention, it's important for us to understand where it comes from, how it's created. And there's a natural byproduct of imperfect people facing challenges. And in a weak moment, we might say something or, or have that blow up or not handle something or, 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 or say something we didn't stop and not think about and because we're not always under the Spirit's control. That, that's, that's just the reality of it. But we're going to see the contrast with somebody who is contentious and they're, and they're doing that on purpose. So tonight we can di- differentiate. Yeah, we all have the potential 
to be contentious in the fact that there is contention in a relationship because we're imperfect. Because when these things come to us, we don't always, well, you know, it pleases our Heavenly Father when there's a difficulty and it's in a relationship and that relationship, both parties handle that the way they should handle it. And that can, there's no contention. Do you realize that somebody can wrong you and you can have no contention between that person? It's the way it should be. Well, somebody has got to yield to the Holy Spirit of God in that. Somebody's got to obey Scripture. Somebody's got to say, I want no contention. But what, then what we do, and what we're good at as a people, is like, well, it's my feelings that got hurt. I need, you know, we would criticize a society that says there ought to be retribution, but we want it. Well, well, well so if, if, that's why it, it's a premium with God for us to get along. Why? Because if not, we can get a spirit where we become contentious. So we understand there is contention. It's a byproduct of imperfect people in relationships. However... A contentious man looks to create contention in their relationship. That's the difference. Contention is going to show up in your home and you didn't plan for it. Contention is going to show up at work when you didn't plan for it. Why? Because there's imperfect people and there's difficulties, there's disappointments, there's challenges. Contention can show up in church among God's people and there was no plan for that. It's, it, 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 it happens. You come and say, well, I don't understand why. Well, somebody may not handle something right. You know, that that happen, can happen all the time. There shouldn't, we shouldn't have contention. And when there is contention, I'll be dealt with. There's a difference in that. In somebody who is contentious. The, the contentious man looks to create contention. Brother Joe, stand up for me if you would. If we're a relationship and we're, we're around each other a lot, there's going to come moments when it's like he has an idea, I have an idea. Because I'm the pastor, I'm right, he's wrong. But let's just say we're, we're two people. There's going to be some contention. It's like, man, I said so much, I'm, I'm sorry about saying that. Why? Because this relationship means something to me. Man, I, I shouldn't have, would you, would you forgive me? Or, or, or he could come and say, man, I, I hope you didn't take this the wrong way. You know, that, that you know, it is like, oh, no, it's no, no, because I don't want there to be contention. That's why the Bible teaches if there is something between a brother, you're supposed, to go, supposed to go. You have the responsibility to say, is there something going on between us? Because a natural byproduct of relationships is contention. That, you know, so, you know, you know football, he's like from Ohio, Ohio State, Georgia. We know who we got was contentious on that. But anyway, that, that is happens. If you, and, and by the way, some of you need to give up your grudge against somebody's kid that did something in school eight years ago. Contention is normal amongst third graders. Contention is normal among junior high girls. Contention is normal among 45-year-old women. I mean, contention is normal. I can't believe that they can't get along. You're shocked by that? That's life. That's why we have a manual that says, when you're offended, forgive. That's why we have a manual that says, uh, you know, if, if they say, take that coat, you go two miles with them. Uh, that, that's what God tells us to do. Okay, thank you, Brother Joe. So there's, there's the natural, there's going to be contention. Truth of the matter is, I'm looking around, and there's many here who've been, you've been a part, your family's been here for 20 years plus. 
And then there's other people here, they've been here 20 years plus. Through those 20 years, there's been some contention. Why? Because your kids are going to school together, going to youth activities together. You're serving the Lord together. You're doing all these things together. Life happens in the midst of that. And it's like, man, I just, I took that the wrong way. Or I, I wasn't thinking, I shouldn't have come across like that. If we handle it right, the contention goes away. But there's going to be contention. That's so much different. If somebody who enters into relationships with the purpose of causing contentious contention. If there's contention, somebody needs to forgive in that. If there's contention, somebody needs to make it right, forget about it, move on. We're all, it happens with all. There's a difference, though, when somebody it, it looks to create contention. Let me make several, give you, this is done for a myriad of reasons. Let me tell you some of the reasons why a contentious man looks to create contention, and I'll give you the points tonight. Failing to properly deal with one's own emotions caused by their own difficulties, disappointments, and challenges. Sometimes a contentious man is someone who has not properly dealt with their own emotions as a result of their own difficulties. Well, they're the problem. No, really, is it you that's the problem? Because you got something going on in here? Another reason is, is they refuse to allow others to be content and happy because they're not. They're not happy in their life, so they're going to make sure nobody else is. Who looks like they're having a good day today? Let's go ruin that. We laugh, but there's people who are that miserable that if I can't be happy, you're not going to be happy. You know, it would be a better solution to that is fix what needs fixing, get help fixing what needs to be, be fixed so that you can be content and happy. Another reason for a contentious man to look to create contention relationships is they're projecting their disappointments on another. I've been disappointed in life, so therefore I, I've, got to, I've, got to, I've got to tell you why you need to be disappointed in life. How many of you are saved, saved on your way to heaven? You shouldn't be disappointed with life. Not that we don't have disappointments. We all have disappointments. I can stand here to tell you that, that I have some disappointments in life. Some brought on my own failure. Some brought on, 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 on the, the actions of others. But there's disappointments. Some just brought on life itself. But I'm not disappointed. And I'm going to go around and tell everybody else, oh, man, the ministry, it, you're going to face some, you're going to face some, some, some vipers in the ministry. Oh, you better think long and hard about that. Or somebody's rejoicing and some young preachers, oh, I'm so excited about what God's called me to do. Oh, wait until you get down the road a little bit. That's, that's a contentious individual. Another reason for contention is unforgiveness. You don't, it's not necessarily, you can be contentious in that who you're being contentious with and creating that contention and strife may not have anything to do with the individual that you have not forgiven. But it's a heavy burden to walk around with unforgiveness. I've said this often, and some of them don't understand it, but if you ever deal with them, you'll understand it. I'd rather deal with a lost man than a bitter Christian. Well, we got unforgiveness. That's a lot of why. 
somebody is contentious. And then the last reason I'll give you tonight is just evil. Some people are evil. When we think of evil, we think of sometimes somebody with horns and all this kind of thing, and that's not necessarily true. There, lost, there are some evil people. There are some devilish people. But I know Christians who do evil. Because evil is doing sinning against one with an intent to harm or harm somebody. And, and, and by this, in a study on this, but God puts sin and evil in two different categories. God does much harsher with evil. And sometimes a person is contentious. And so we look at this tonight. I want you to understand if, if the Holy Spirit taps you on the shoulder and says, listen up, that doesn't necessarily mean you're evil. It might mean there's somebody you need to forgive. It doesn't necessarily, I don't want you to look around and say, they, it's, I wonder who they haven't forgiven. It might mean somebody has gone through some difficulty and they have not dealt with it as they need to deal with it. So tonight, if, if the Holy Spirit rings your bell, wouldn't we look inwardly and say, have I really dealt with that? This is what we tend to do. This is what we all tend to do. Well, it's what they did. It's, they, they shouldn't have taken it that way. You walked up and smacked them in the head. How were they supposed to take it? Do you realize what you said to them? Do you realize the, the contention that you caused? It's not because, if it, sometimes because, man, there's just some things in here that I've been disappointed in. Truthfully, I haven't dealt with it in a scriptural way. Whatever we are encountered with tonight, let's let the Spirit of God help us. Now, I've got eight of these and 17 minutes to give them to you. We'll, uh, I'm not going to say that. Number one, turn to chapter 13, verse 10. I'll go quickly tonight. Chapter 13 and verse 10. Some of these I can just mention. Chapter 13, verse 10. Only by pride cometh contention, but with the well-advised is wisdom. Number one, the contentious man has a pride problem. The reason why some are contentious is because of unforgiveness, and they got too much pride to say, I need to forgive somebody. The reason why some are contentious is because they have some unresolved feelings. They have some unresolved issues in their own life they need to take care of. And, and it would take too much pride for them to say, I've got pro- I need help. So therefore, they, 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 they have that contention. Certainly, an evil man has a pride problem. As a matter of fact, when we bring contention into our, into our own life, it almost always stems from pride. But the contentious man, the one who seeks to cause contention, to put that strife in relationships, has a pride problem. I don't think the Bible can be any clearer. clearer. It says, only by pride cometh contention. So if somebody is causing contention, there's a pride problem. I just don't see how you could say that. I didn't say that. God said that. Now look at chapter 17. Chapter 17 and verse 14. This is, this, is a, this is a good study. Right? Proverbs 17, verse 14. The beginning of strife is as when one letteth out water. Therefore, leave off contention before it be meddled with. Think about the words of Scripture. The beginning of strife is as when one letteth out water. Therefore, leave off contention before it 
it be meddleth with. The illustration there is if you open you open a dam and let the water start coming out. Once it starts coming, it's hard to stop it. Put it in today in, 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 in an example from the day. Once you turn that faucet on, that water's coming. So if you don't want to get wet, don't turn it on. Number two, the contentious man pushes buttons he knows will create contention. It's like somebody turned in the uh, faucet and said, I didn't know if this would get wet. It is, therefore, leave off contention before it be meddled with. Man, everybody's in a good mood, and, boy, everything's going well, and here comes the contentious man. Whose buttons can I push? I didn't know they would react that way. You've been doing that every day. The contentious man just looks for the buttons to push. He just looks for the way to cause contention. If you don't want to be contentious or a contentious man, don't even start it. Hopefully we are mature enough and we're under the the control of the Spirit of God enough that when those words start to form in our mind before they come out of our mouth, the Spirit of God can say, that's probably not a good response. If you don't want strife, don't start it. Don't be contentious. Number three, chapter 18, verse 6. Chapter 18, verse 6. A fool's lips enter into contention, and his mouth calleth for strokes. Number three is very simple. The contentious, the contentious man is engaging in the actions of fools. I don't have time to teach you tonight, but I refer you back to our Bible studies on fools. And you, can, you can see what God is saying about the contentious man. He's engaging in the action of fools. There's nothing positive that comes from the action of fool. There's nothing lasting that comes from the action of a fool. It's a waste. The contentious man is engaging in the action of fool. Some of them say, well, it's not that big a deal. Well, God says the same thing a fool does. And so I, that's something I want to stay away with. And, you know, it is kind of foolish when there's peace to create turmoil. But there's some people that live for that. They're a, contentious, they're a contentious individual. Chapter 26, verse 21, where our text was this evening. 26, verse 21. As coals are to burning coals and wood to fire, so is a contentious man to kindle strife. You take a coal and you put it with a coal. You take wood to fire and now you got a fire. The same thing with a contentious man kindles strife. There's not strife there. See, sometimes a contentious man will come in and you'll be looking and say, and he'll cause contention between two people and say, well, what's their problem? What's their problem? There might be somebody with the kindling. And by the way, if somebody comes to you and says, did you hear what somebody said? That's a, a contentious man. Don't get upset at so-and-so. Get upset at them. Because they're the one causing the problem. And by the way, say, well, I, I had to go tell them. Uh, well, if there's something that, that somebody needs to be told, you go right to the person who needs to be told and not try and cause contention. Uh, it's, the Bible's very clear. Let me give you number four. The contentious man creates strife when there otherwise would be none. The contentious... Now, I've already spelled this out. I don't have to go through it again. But because of where we're not perfect... 
we're going we're to encounter contention. We're going to cause it sometimes. There's a difference. The contentions mean there would be no strife. Let me tell you what, this is what I was, did you, you remember what so-and-so said back then? When that issue's already been resolved? You remember what, I can't, I can't believe they're singing in the choir now. You know, they, five years ago, I remember when they weren't even faithful to church. Why do you remember that? In this hypothetical situation, what's wrong with you? Uh, there wouldn't be strife. They create strife for others between two people. You've seen the illustration before. you got two people mad at each other, and they stop and are like, why are we mad at each other? And then if, we, if, the, if the situation is diffused, they start thinking about it, they find the common denominator, which is a contentious individual. Number five, same text. But let's go back to verse number 20, chapter 26. And let's read down through verse 22. Where there is no wood is, there the fire goeth out. Very similar illustration as in verse 21. So where there is no talebearer, the strife ceaseth. Verse 21 again, as coals are to burning coals and wood to fire, so is a contentious man to kindle strife. Verse 22, the words of a talebearer are as wounds, and they go down into the innermost parts of the belly. Number five, the contentious man and a talebearer has the same character and produces the same evil. The contentious man and a talebearer has the same character and produces the same evil. The contentious man's intent may not be to cause evil, but the product is evil. The talebearer might not be trying to produce it, but the, the product is evil. The Bible is very clear on that. So I, I, the Bible brings this out, I believe, one, to point out what God thinks about it, but two, there's a very practical application for you and I. We have a tendency to look at what somebody else might do a lot worse than our faults. It's true of everyone. And we say, well, that person is just a gossip. I just like to stir it up a little bit. But the two are the same. Because God wants there to be peace between every relationship. You know why every relationship there's not peace and harmony in it? Because of sin. Because we're, not, we're sinners. We're not perfect. That, that's why when there's disharmony or there's strife, God says make it right. And sometimes one has to bear the offense for there not to be contention. But that contentious man lives for there to be strife. And it's in the same category as a talebearer. Number 6, chapter 21. Back to chapter 21. I'm going to get in trouble now. Chapter 21 and verse number 19. It is, what's that next word? Better. To dwell in the wilderness than with a contentious and an angry birthing person. I don't want to be offensive tonight and call anybody a woman, so. No, it is better to dwell in the wilderness than with a contentious and an angry woman. 
Say, why, Pastor, are you picking on the women? I'm not. There's a lot of verses that are contentious men, and it's everybody, or the contentious everybody. But God makes a point in this scripture and the next one we're going to read to say, we need to get something specific about a contentious woman. Could it be that women are more emotional? And because they're more emotional, there's more opportunities for them not to handle their emotions properly? Could it be that women have a tendency to be contentious? I'm saying that's a possibility, but I think a greater point. See, see how see how they did that? A greater point is that the woman's supposed to be the peace in the home. She's supposed to be soft where a man's hard. In many ways, she's the conscience. She's the grace to the stubbornness. But when that's not there, in that woman is contentious, God's just saying, dude, you may be better off to dwell in the wilderness. I probably shouldn't say this, but if your husband goes on a lot of camping trips, <laughs> there might be an issue. What is this signifying? And let's be honest, God made a woman to be more emotional. That's not a, that's, God made a woman that way. God made a man not to be as emotional, and he has a completely different way of thinking. It's not like one's wrong, one's, one's right. That's the way God made the man and the woman. That's why they're that way. So that, when, when, ladies, we, you need to really pay attention to emotions and passions because when they get out of control, that contentious woman, this ups the whole spirit of a home, relationship. You know, I heard it preached all growing up, and it's certainly true. You know, I'd go to conferences, and you have special meetings, and there's always a preacher talking about, you know, the women causing all the trouble in the church. We don't have that problem. I say that. We, we, we really do not have that problem. Why? why what's it? But I know of situations where there are. Why is that? Because there's emotions and passions get out of control. Ladies, let me give you an instance where they can't get out of control when it comes to your children. My, ch- my child was done wrong. You may be right. But I would contend with you that, especially if it's a ministry here, I don't think it was done on purpose. You have ways to remedy that. I'm just, I just, my time, God put me here to protect. He didn't put, he didn't create you to be a contentious woman. And by the way, sometimes there's things that upset us. There's nothing wrong with being upset about it. There are times through the years where I felt like my child had been mishandled. I I mean, it's like, you know what? What about all the times when they were handled right? What about all the times that they're prayed for? What about all the times when they got their PK pass? I mean, you have to make yourself 
think these things. And the problem I alluded to at the beginning is there's some are contentious now and something, something, a letter comes home for the school and it's like, I know what they mean by that because of something that happened in, in, seven years ago. I'm giving you a warning. You might be too emotionally attached to that. A man will come in logical. Most of the time, am I right? Logical. Hey, this is what happened. This is what happened. Can you explain to me? Okay, this is what happened. But when mama comes marching in, I got to straighten them down there at the school. I got to straighten them down there at the church. You know, why, why, why do you feel that way? If there was something that needs to be handled, there's nothing wrong with having it handled. But if you're looking for something that's not there, you may have a contentious spirit. Number, I'll get, I'll get off of ladies, I'm going to move on. Number six, or number seven, look at chapter 27. I feel like I'm picking on you. Chapter 27, I'll move off of that one. Verse 15 and 16. A continual dropping in a very rainy day in a contentious woman are alike. Whosoever hideth her hideth the wind and the ointment of his right hand which berayeth itself. Very simple. Number seven, a contentious woman is one you want to be away from but you can't get away from. That continual dropping, that rain, it just keeps raining. It's like it's never going to stop raining. It just continues. It continues. Notice verse 16. Whosoever hideth her, who? The contentious woman hideth the wind. Anybody ever been able to hide the wind? It's almost like someone's saying, good luck with that, son. You can only hide that so long. You can only put up with that so long. Here's the point I want to make, make with this. It's the opposite of a Proverbs 31 woman. And here I believe the Lord is helping us, and I believe he's helped us with all of this. Know where we can get to. If we don't properly deal with our disappointment. This is, this will be so helpful. We always ought to look at it this way. If I am dealt a disappointment. I need to think this way. I need to think, I look down there, if I don't handle this right, a result of this is I could become a contentious person. This is what I wanted, now somebody else is getting what I wanted. If you don't handle that right, I know today, you could never dream of causing strife in your home. You would never dream of causing strife in the church in relationships. You could never dream of causing strife in family and in, 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 in relationships with coworkers. But it is a byproduct of us not handling emotions as we should, disappointments as we should. The result is, I, if I, it's emotion and passion that I'm not controlling. And by the way, there's never been a man created who can handle the harboring of that bitterness and unforgiveness and disappointment. Being disappointed is not wrong because that's, that's our nature. But how we deal with it might be if we don't deal with it correctly. We'll face a, 
a challenge. We'll, we'll, have, we'll be disappointed. We'll, we'll, have, we'll, we'll, we'll be wronged. We'll be, somebody will do something or whatever. We, we, we got to be careful. I know we can't imagine being the very person that tears our marriage apart. But if we're not careful, the byproduct is contention because somebody is contentious. Again, I believe the Lord is being specific in, ta- in talking to a woman because a woman is emotional. And we must keep those emotions in check. It's the opposite of a Proverbs 31 woman. It was a Proverbs 31 woman. Read Proverbs 31. Number eight and, and last one. Chapter 22. Now I'll read the verse in just a second, but let me go back to what we've already established as contention. If you and I are going about our day, going about our business, and because we have a sin nature, because we're not perfect, because we all, man and woman alike, have emotions, we don't always handle every situation correctly. That brings contention. We know where that comes from. We know how to get rid of it. Sometimes that contention is gone as soon as you say, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. Or I'm sorry, I'm tired, and, 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 I, and, I, and I shouldn't have said it that way. Or, or that's one illustration. But we just, if we do what the Bible commands us to do, that contention is gone. Because we weren't looking for contention. Ladies, I promise you, when that, I mean, most of the time when that, husband, when that man comes home, he just wants to eat. But I mean, we got to be careful too. That when we, we, we're not, can, we don't create contention because we're not responding properly. Oh, God, I don't know what that woman's problem is today. It might be you. But contention comes because we're not perfect. We get rid of it when we follow God's recipe. I'm reestablishing that because of chapter 22 and verse 10. Cast out the scorner and contention shall go out. Yea, strife and reproach shall cease. When we are not, if we're not a contentious person as the Bible describes, when there's contention because of our imperfection, if we deal with it properly, contention goes away. But the only way to get rid of a contentious person is to cast them out. That's number eight. In order to remove the contention, you must remove the contentious. And the Bible here is speaking of a scorner. The one who scorns that which is good, and that's that which scorns the things that are right and mocks it and makes fun of it. But the principle also is there. You get rid of the scorner and, and the contention is gone. So therefore, if there's contention, and we, if, it's, if it's contention, we know what to do with it. But a contentious person, the only way to remove the contention is you must, re, the contention, you must remove the contentious. And sometimes there's, there, there are things in, the, in whatever relationship, whatever entity, home, church, work, whatever, family, where it's like, well, they're the problem, they're the problem, they're the problem, and I know this about them, and I know this about them, and they did this, and they said that. But if somebody would stay out of it, they'd get it right. 
Who needs to, the offending party needs to go. No, according to the Bible, the contentious individual is the one that needs to be removed. And that's something that you and I must be mindful of. That if we get to a place in our life where we're not controlling, it's nobody's fault. It's, life, it's something happened in life you weren't expecting. But we have nobody else to blame if we don't handle it in a spiritual manner instead of an emotional one. We be careful and grab those emotions and submit them to the Lord as hard and difficult that is. Or when we don't own up to it, make whatever right we need to make right. Determine not to be contentious. Because it can get to the point when you, as a contentious individual, and sometimes people are contentious, they don't even know they are. But hopefully tonight we'll identify some things. Like I said, there's a lot of reasons why people are contentious from they're just not handling their situation right. And that's why there's some, there ought to be some grace given as well. And it can go from that extreme all the way to somebody just evil, trying to cause problems. But there's some that they, I'm handling it fine, or I don't re- they don't realize the changes made. What's going to happen eventually, certainly if it's a scorner, if it's a, there's only one way to handle that, it's you got to go. If somebody's causing problems, you got to go. It's amazing. The mood's better. But if we're not careful, I believe what the Bible is teaching us as well is you can walk into friends you've had for 20 years and the conversation stops when you walk up. Or it's, why didn't I get invited to that? It could be because it's more peaceful. It's gotten old. It could happen in a family. Oh, please don't invite them to Thanksgiving. Please don't. If we're not careful, we can all get contentious. We take that, have that contention and allow it to become what we cause. Very quickly, let me conclude this. What are we going to deal with it? Number one, deal with number one. Deal with your pride. It would do us all well to go home. If, we, if, if the Spirit of God has identified something in our heart and our life, we go, go home, get on our knees, and say, God, I'm sorry. Or acknowledge we need help. Let your pastor help you. Let your parents help you. Let somebody help you. Acknowledge, deal with your pride. What can we do if we, we feel like the Bible has labeled us in some instances we can forgive? Acknowledge our mistakes, our failures. It's human to fail. But don't stay down. Don't blame. Learn and grow. If I can, if something happens and I don't handle it right and there, I create contention or that contention comes, I ought to be thinking, if I ever deal with that again, this is how I want to handle it. So I can avoid that contention altogether. What is that? That's learning and growing. Uh, if God remembers we're dust, we should remember it as well. And get that contention in our relationship, get it out. But don't be contentious. Don't get to, let's not get to a place in our life where we're looking for the strife to cause. Well, their, their, their world just looks happy. And if you're not happy with the way things are going with you, that's, that's, that's a spiritual matter between you and God. 
We can all be, we can, we can all get there. I don't know why they, things are going so well for them. You don't know, they may not be going well for them. Let's not, let's be one who brings peace and not strife. Let's be the one that people like to see us come. Not the one that people like to see us go. Because there's just more peace when, when we're gone. Let's have the Lord help us. Father, I pray you take these truths, help us to apply them to our hearts.